0: Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast.
1: I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to Grown Up Kids and Day 15 of Podmas. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. And today we have a brand new guest say hello to Eliana. How are you? I'm
0: great. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you for being on. Mm-hmm. Um, so since this is your first time on the show, we want to do your Disney profile to get to know you a little bit better.
2: So how did you get into Disney? Um. Well, like a lot of people before me have said, it was just kind of always around. Um, I have some very specific memories of like waking up really early in the morning and having to wait until I could wake my mom up so she could put this Cinderella video in for me. Uh, and I was like, those are some of my earliest memories. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's always been around. It's, I grew up on it.
1: I think 99.9% of people are like, yeah, I don't know, my parents put it in my life. <laughs>
0: sometimes, sometimes <laughs> we get a surprise though. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that one of my earliest memories too is learning how to Push play on the VHS player so that when I woke up early, I could put Pooh Bear on. And like my mom would just keep that in there so that I could come out early in the morning and like sit and hit play. Smarter your mom, she
2: could sleep longer. Yeah. Yeah, my parents didn't want to give me that power. You're like, she will abuse that?
0: (laughs) I probably did. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I remember my mom would, like, put out the cereal for me early and, like, I'd have, like, a separate (laughs) glass of milk so, like, I could get myself breakfast and sit down and watch TV and then she could sleep longer (laughs) while I was awake.
2: That's ingenious. Yeah. So, who is your favorite character? So, I have to split this into three categories. (laughs) I'm going to have to do protagonist, sidekick, and villain. Ooh, that's new. I like it. Mm Mm-hmm. Protagonist is five thousand percent Belle. Um, I look like Belle. You do know. like Belle. Thank you. Um, she loves to read and I love to read. She her voice range matches my voice range, and she's just like the kindest, most generous, accepting person. And she and I just I love her so much. I love her so much, and, and that scene in the library, ever since I was a little girl, has given me, like, it has turned me green. With, and <sighs> So, definitely Belle. For sidekick, I'm going to go with Gus Gus. Yeah, yes. Adorable. Gus Gus is, I've always just had this deep love for Gus Gus. He's adorable. That scene with the um, corn kernels when, the, when she's feeding the chickens oh God, and Cinderella yes. uh, cracks, me up, cracks me up every time. And then for villain, I'm actually going to go with the evil queen. Mm. Um, she is just the most interesting, like, psychologically. Like, yeah. like why can you hate this family member so much that you want to kill her for being prettier than you? Yes.
0: Like, yeah, she's got
2: problems. That. She's just, <laughs> a yeah. just a little vain. Just a little vain. And, like, I really like what they did with her on um, Once Upon a Time. Yes. yes. And uh, she's actually my favorite character on that show um Regina Uh um she's there's so much more that we can know and so much more that we can guess because we are given a lot about her um so I like speculating about her so those are those are my three favorites I'm gonna give a shout out to Coco though yeah yes she reminded me of my great grandma so
0: oh god Coco yeah she's adorable so good what's your favorite Disney movie
2: um beauty and the beast um, i'm surprised <laughs> yeah. um just because there's a line in the title song that that i think explains everything when she goes bittersweet and strange finding you can change learning you were wrong and i think that's what life is about
0: mm-hmm.
2: knowing when you're wrong and, and owning up to it and i think that's what beauty and the beast is all about too
1: I just got
0: chills. Seriously. Right.
2: <laughs> that was awesome. So did I.
0: Whew. Actually, I love that song so much. That's so true, though. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: we're going to have a good episode. I can tell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, have you been to a Disney park before? I'm getting a nod. So what is your favorite Disney park?
2: I mean, I'm going to keep on kind of going with this theme. It's going to be Magic Kingdom, and it's going to be Fantasyland, New Fantasyland, just because it's like walking into a storybook. Yeah. And it's like it's like being in another world, and I've only been twice. To, I've been to Disney World twice, and my grandparents live in Newport Beach, so I would go to Disneyland a little when I was growing up, but I don't remember it as much. So I definitely, Magic Kingdom, Fantasyland, walking into a storybook. And I mean, be our guest. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's great.
1: Have you done story time? Story time? Enchanted Tales. Enchanted with Tales
2: with Belle? I don't think so. The last time oh. I was there was in 2012, and I don't know if that was a thing then. I think well,
0: it may have just been opening like, Eliana, later that year. You would lose your mind. It's so, I, I,
2: we're gonna, so, my fiance and I are going to go there on our honeymoon, and to say I'm excited. I will not ruin a
1: thing of that right. attraction for you, but, but you it is it.
2: amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's magical. you guys. It's, it's magical.
1: It's,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's a good word for it. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: so what is your all-time favorite Disney
2: memory? Um, so before I tell... I should... Shout out to my sister for letting me tell this story. Uh, my sister is three years younger than me, but our birthdays are six days apart. So oh. when we were growing up, we would always have our birthday party together, um, which was great for my mom because only had to plan one birthday party. Yeah. Um, I was obsessed with Cinderella as a little girl. She's amazing, I love her. Cinderella came to our birthday party it was my oh. fifth birthday and her second birthday and my sister her name is Sophie has never really liked like people dressing up as characters it's always freaked her out and so she was not having it at all during her the entire birthday party and I wasn't paying attention because I was like oh Cinderella's here let's party <laughs> um, and then like, when I got older like looking back at the photo albums like she is like having a temper tantrum and I am just partying it's hysterical so that is definitely one of my favorite Disney memories <laughs>
1: That's oh, great. the poor younger sister. <laughs>
0: um. Alrighty, so now we are going to be discussing the absent-minded professor, which, if some people don't know, is like the original Flubber. I didn't know
1: that. And when so, I read about this, nineties
0: kids, nineties kids probably remember Flubber. Well, this was like the inspiration for Flubber. So, the OG, the mm-hmm. OG Flubber. Mm-hmm. Um. So, it's time for the 32nd Disney Dash. Did you write one? I did. <sighs> <laughs> Always upstages me. I know You didn't? Okay, good. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if I don't write one, it's literally, I may sound slightly calm on the outside, but it's a panic attack on the inside, <laughs> so it's just better if I write it. <laughs> Alright, are you ready for your wing it? Yes. Alright. On your mark.
0: Get set. So we have Professor Ned, who is attempting to marry Betsy, like, 50 times and keeps forgetting to get married, which is ridiculous. (laughs) But then he invents Flubber. So then he tries to um, impress her and win her back, basically, by making the basketball team win and then by making a car fly. But then he introduces the car to the government and then they want to buy it from him, even after they think he's ridiculous. And then they live happily ever after. Twenty nine.
1: Questionable summary, but twenty (laughs) nine. I saw saw
0: the clock ticking down. I tried
1: to keep it away from you so you don't see it. (laughs) All right. But good job. Yeah. Overall. I'll give you a A. B plus. B plus. No, I want an A. (laughs) All right, Alion, are you ready?
0: As
2: I'll ever be. Alright, on your mark. Get set. Go. So, Professor Ned Brainerd is the most forgetful person on the face of the planet. He forgets to marry his wonderful, impatient fiancé um, who's getting hit on by a creep. Uh, he invents this thing called flubber or flying rubber and it makes his dog kind of freak out. And he um, tries to win her back after he's left her at the altar for the third time by making basketball team win and impressing her, trying to impress her at the alumni dance and the bad guy gets the idea that he's going to use this flubber to do uh, the family. Oh! <laughs> uh, that's okay. It's <laughs> okay, it was so You were good. being
0: very detailed. I was. And, and people will appreciate that.
2: It's the Ravenclaw in me. <laughs> <laughs> that makes
0: total sense. <laughs> that's okay. No, you we did had,
2: We had somebody go over
0: on 101 Dalmatians, mm-hmm. too. So. Mm-hmm. We
1: also had to buzz her out, so don't feel like you're... <sighs> Yeah, all by yourself in the Buzz Club. That flew by. <laughs> in case you, were I about. I know <laughs>
0: it's very scary. All right, Kate, are you ready? Uh, sure. Wait, you I should swallow. You should go over to make Eliana feel better.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> we'll see. It's a little longer than normal, so. All right, ready? Yep. Set. Go. A very scatterbrained college professor is a genius, but often gets lost in his work, so much that he misses his own wedding for the third time. But he invented flubber, flying rubber that generates its own energy. He tries to win his fiance b- back by using flubber to cheat and win a basketball game and make his car fly. Someone tries to ruin his chance at making his discovery known, but in the end,
0: Professor Brainerd makes history. 20 seconds. Sounds good. i know, sorry. <laughs> okay. I forgive you. <laughs> All right, so some history on The Absent-Minded Professor. It is a, what they call, comic science fiction family film. That's, like, right. a really long description. It um, sounds science-y. <laughs> yeah. From 1961, it was produced by Walt Disney Productions, and it was based on a short story called A Situation of Gravity by Samuel W. Taylor. The title character was based in part on Hubert Allia a professor of chemistry at Princeton University, who is known as Dr. Boom for his explosive (laughs) demonstrations. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the film stars Fred McMurray again, and he's been in a couple films that we've seen so far now. Shaggy Dog. Shaggy Dog, yeah. Um, And he is Professor Ned Brainerd. So the tone of Disney's live-action films changed following the surprising success of The Shaggy Dog Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Shaggy Dog. Finally, we are seeing some comedies, some good live-action films.: Fun adventure.: Not that the adventure ones are not bad. Some of them are. Some of them are. Some, some of them, of them, them, them are. are just bad, and I will <laughs> flat out admit that. But these comedy ones are definitely more my cup of tea. So, um, rather than a rollicking adventure, here was a slapstick situation comedy involving a family setting and a strong fantasy element. So that seems to be what they're going to go with for a while with live actions. Um, so the two, two of the stars from The Shaggy Dog, Fred McMurray and Tommy Kirk. Shout out to Tommy Kirk. He's in a lot. Yes. Yes. Uh, they were recruited for the like-minded romp, *The Absent-Minded Professor*, which proved to be an even bigger box office bonanza for Disney. It was imitated by that studio for years. So we did get another like TV t- TV movie later in like the 70s or 80s, I think, and then we got *Flubber* in the 90s. So shout out to Robin Williams. Yep, and then we
2: also go ahead. Okay, I just wanted, I was doing a little research of my own, and apparently um, Tommy Kirk, after he left Disney, um, like, had a really hard life. He was closeted for most of his life, and he had a really big um, drug problem. And so Mm -hmm. it's, like, interesting to see how many, like, young stars of Disney, like, did not do well later in life. Yeah. Yeah. I actually... um...
0: I was looking up information on Tom. I kind of like went down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia. When I- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I was looking up absent-minded professor, and then I noticed that again, Tommy Kirk was in it, and he has been in a ton of movies that we've been watching. So especially like, just in Podmas too. <laughs> yeah, I mean Old Yeller, and then Swiss Family Robinson, Shaggy Dog. Now this. Um, so yeah, I went onto his Wikipedia page, and actually. I don't know if we planned on talking about this during this episode, but <laughs> I actually was going to talk about it during his, like, last one, probably, and we can bring it up again, but apparently he was gay, and um, it got out to the studio that he was gay, and Walt actually fired him because of it.
1: As soon as he found out.
0: Which really bothered me, but I mean, I like, I know, I always knew that he was kind of like that, but it was just, like, disappointing to read about it again. I'm really glad, though, that the studio and just the company in general, has really changed from then. I mean, honestly, if you're homophobic and you walk into Disney World, you'll probably have a panic attack. uh, Because literally, like,
2: probably 75% of the cast members are gay. (laughs) So. Uh, I also also heard some, like, I remember growing up, like, whenever I'd be like, I love Disney, and then the idiot kid in my class would always be like, but he hates the Jews, don't you care? Oh, I know. Because I'm Jewish. Oh, yes. Um... But I kind of, like, anti-Semitism was different
0: then than it is now. And so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of known to have been a little bit racist, too. and Like, is that severely
1: disheartening? Yeah. yeah. Because Walt's one of my heroes, you know? I mean, we wouldn't be doing this podcast without him. But just because it's the Walt Disney Company, there's a lot more. Like, he started it, but it's grown grown. from what he started. It's grown from (laughs) 1966 when he left, if I'm getting that year correct. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure and like, so there's just so much more and like, I'm not going to ignore that. It's a part of the history. It sucks. It affects me personally. Um, mm-hmm. it affects Eliana personally too and lots of other people, but they've grown and they're changing and they're way more accepting now.
0: And, and he's and- legitimately like a creative genius, even with his backwards ways of thinking sometimes. And
2: I think in, like, these days, it's hard to separate, like, that from troubling things you hear about that person's personality.
0: Yeah. 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 Like, even,
2: like, today with, like, uh, Johnny Depp. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult to separate the creative, artistic side of the person with the personal life side of the person. Right. Right.
1: Right. It's a fine line, you know, and you just, I guess you just have to choose what you're going to be upset about
0: or what you're going to take enjoyment from
1: or, or what.
0: Mm-hmm. I think in this day and age, too, like, we're way more about, like, if, if Walt was still around and he was mm-hmm. acting that way about things, people would react much differently than they did in the 60s because of how we think now. Mm-hmm. Like, people literally have just changed how they think. We get mad about different things. More things are, you know, like, we've learned from our past mistakes sometimes, sometimes. most of the time. <laughs> um Yeah. So... The company learned from his mistakes, and they moved forward from it, and that's why I'm, you know... Still a diehard fan. Yeah. Yeah. So, back to absent-minded professor. Not that... <laughs> no, it's okay. Not that <laughs> no, Tommy right Kirk... In. I mean, Tommy Kirk is in it, so... Um, yeah. But the film was huge at the box office, so two years later, um, it was the first Disney film to have a sequel, and that was Son of Flubber in 1963. That's coming up kind of soon, so... Also, this film and the Shaggy Dog and Son of Flubber and Son of Flubber were some of the first Disney films to be colorized in 1986. Prior to video release, we actually watched the black and white version.
2: We um, own the black. Yeah, and white so did I. Yeah, yeah,
0: we own the black and white version. I didn't know that it was ever colorized, but yeah. um, but apparently it was. And because this is like, these are one of the very few Disney films to even be made in black and white <laughs> after the 40s yeah so because they have the they have the technology it's just they didn't really have the technology to hide the
1: effects
0: i think that color. was
1: big in this one as well like it wasn't yeah. shaggy dog because there's, there are a lot of effects in this so yeah that must have been the reason
0: um lastly the absent-minded professor was nominated for three oscars best cinematography specifically black and white uh, best art direction and best special effects but I guess it didn't win any of them. I think Which it is should we- have. I think it should have. For the times, like, that yeah. was amazing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> At least special effects. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, agree. I wonder if it was, like, up against the parent trap or something. No, but the
0: parent or, trap didn't even win. Like maybe, uh,
2: like, like, a Ben-Hur type thing or something. I, I, we could look.
0: Yeah, I can't remember if it was up against the same year as the parent trap, because the parent trap didn't win for editing. Oh, oh but yeah, that was different. Yeah, yeah. That was editing. What are these? Oh, special effects. Yeah, maybe it could have <laughs> been in the same year then. I don't know. I don't know. I think it should have, though. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Yeah. As we'll talk about. But I also think The Parent Trap should have won, but we'll talk about that tomorrow, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yep, tomorrow. Oh, excuse
1: me, I just choked on my spit. <laughs> oh, Thanks <So>, for hearing. <laughs> you're welcome. So, fun facts. So, at the height of this film's popularity... Time Magazine printed the Disney special effects department's recipe for flubber as used in the movie. So I'm going to tell you what they told you how to do <laughs> or how to make it. So to one pound of saltwater taffy... Add one heaping tablespoon of polyurethane foam. Every kid can get that, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, one cake crumbled yeast. Mix till smooth, allow it to rise. Then pour into saucepan over one cup cracked rice with one cup water. Add topping of molasses. Boil till lid lifts and says, Quirp! <laughs> <laughs> it is not recorded whether this was also carried the standard warning of do not try this at home. So I don't really know if that was meant to be a real recipe or not, but it's cute nonetheless. I feel like it was
0: probably meant as a joke.
1: Yeah. But... I like the quote. I wonder if anyone actually
2: tried it. Oh, I'm sure uh, I'm sure.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So this is the fifth most commercially su- successful movie at the U.S. domestic box office in 1961. It grossed over $25 million. Uh, The most successful... Um, Holy moly! Was 101 Dalmatians <laughs> at 153 million? Wow! Of 1961, massive difference. Yeah, say the least. Pretty crazy. Um, so, the songwriters Richard and Robert Sherman, the Sherman brothers, Love they mm-hmm, they produced Love the Medfield Fight song for this movie. It was the first song that they wrote for a Disney film. And they would go on to compose numbers for many animated live-action features at the studios, including *The Parent Trap*, *Sword in the Stone*, *Mary Poppins*, *Jungle Book*, and *Bedknobs and Broomsticks*. These two, we all know, they're talented. I love everything they touch. I feel like
2: they much. are
0: most famous for *Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins* for sure. They
2: wrote one of my favorite Disney songs. Which, Which one? one? Feed the birds.
0: Yes. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I like "Let's Go Fly." I, mean, I know. I was just, I just gonna think, say that. <laughs> I just think of the scene in um oh shoot saving mr banks saving mr banks of them writing let's go fly a kite and getting Pete. oh shoot what is her name uh
1: trelawney. yeah trelawney
0: <laughs> <laughs> travers travers yeah p l travers mm-hmm. um to actually like join in on the song <gasps> God, that, that gives me all the feels oh, I, I love that part. You her love little
1: it. her little heels start moving she yes she starts feeling the music i love that movie
0: Okay, I'm going to cry. I know, right?
1: (laughs) All right, so while the Ford Model T in the film was a real car, the flying version was a model built out of wood and paper mache. Fun. Mm -hmm, So it was not just the magic of the flubber, okay? It was light and aerodynamic.
0: (laughs) No, Katie, it was just because of the flubber. You're right. right. Magic is real. Yeah. It's true.
1: The Absent Minded Professor has been remade twice as a 1988 TV movie starring Harry Anderson. And the big budget Robin Williams, Flubber in 97. I loved Flubber. Oh my god.
0: I loved that movie. The thing that I liked so much about Flubber, as opposed to this movie, is that they literally made Flubber, like, a character. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's what I loved. They actually, like, made him a thing that like had emotion moved around had ro- had a role mm-hmm. it wasn't just like the thing that he created like flubber was its own thing
2: yeah like it was its own character yeah yeah
0: it was i cool. loved
1: it it's a nice like i like that there's a big difference because i really appreciated this movie but then i can also really appreciate that one because it's not a carbon copy also, they totally changed
0: it robin williams right r.i.p R. he's the best Go i on love out. him yeah Yep. Um, Okay, so some characters. First up is the ever-important Professor Ned Raynard, played by Fred McMurray. Um, So, like, literally the most forgetful person in the entire planet. (laughs) I thought I was bad. Honest to God. As soon as I saw his housekeeper leave, I was like, oh, no. He's not going to make it. (laughs) I'm like, why is she leaving? She should have driven him to the wedding. That's what I said. I was like,
1: no, if I, if that was my job, I'd be like, I'm not getting in the car until you're in the car (laughs) with me and I'm driving you to your wedding.
0: Yeah. Um, but he's definitely like a brainiac. So I'm going to go Ravenclaw. Oh yeah.
2: Definitely.
0: Definitely Ravenclaw. Scientist. Maybe
2: like secondary
1: Hufflepuff. Yeah. I can go with that a ravenpuff. A ravenpuff. I loved him, though. He was hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Because he was just like, God, he would just get so caught up in his work and, like, just, like, this idea turned into this idea. And, oh, my God, I have to write this down and I have to try this right now because it could be this huge breakthrough discovery and, like, he just can't stop himself. And he'll be responding to whoever's talking to him, but he's not really responding to them because she was like, Okay, have a good honeymoon. He's like, All right, you
0: too. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I was worried about Fred McMurray playing him. So was I. Because in previous films with Fred McMurray, he wasn't my favorite. And the fact that he was playing the lead in this, I was like, he's playing, like, a funny role. Is he going to be able to pull this off? Because, like, I feel like he wasn't really very funny in, like, The Shaggy Dog. I'm trying to think of other ones that... I saw him in, but, like, that one sticks out specifically. Like, he really annoyed me in the Shaggy Dog, because he just, like, was that dad that wouldn't listen, and, um, I was just worried that he wasn't gonna be able to pull off, like, a comedy, where it was all focused on him, whereas the Shaggy Dog was mostly focused on Tommy Kirk, you know?
2: But he did it really well. Yeah, I liked him, him a I lot. And I liked him a lot. I thought he was, like, really genuine. Yeah. Like, he yeah. like, exudes, like, just I can't think of like be- genuinity. Is that a word? It is now. Um, okay, great. <laughs> um, but just like he's like he he's just like himself, and he like he doesn't like know enough to care that he's not like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. I thought he did a, a really good job. I agree.
1: Yeah. All right. Next, we have poor Betsy Carlyle. Oh my god! This girl puts up with more than any woman
0: should. I'm glad it all worked
1: out in the end, but she had some patience.
0: Katie didn't catch until I pointed out that Betsy is from Pollyanna. Mm -hmm. She plays the lady who, like, basically takes care of Pollyanna. She plays someone named Nancy, and her real name is Nancy. Yes, she does. That's funny. Yep. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I was like, she's from Pollyanna, and Katie's like, oh, yeah, Cousin George. (laughs) Fred. Fred. (laughs) I did the same thing. (laughs) Fred, George, whatever. Harry Potter, Um, (laughs) Fred, (laughs) George. Yes, but Betsy. I kind of want to put her in Hufflepuff because she is like very forgiving, very patient, kind. She doubted him at first, but like in the end, came around and was like, "No, I believe you." Like just trusting.
1: Hufflepuff is good because I can see myself in Betsy where, like, someone wronged me. Even yep. though I will say he had a lie, like, a real legit excuse. He kind of, like, the third was knocked time out. he did have
0: a legit, though he yeah.
1: was being pretty. Well, if he hadn't started up the the experiment again, he would have been fine. So it I really know. is his fault. I know. And but if he hadn't missed the first two times. Exactly, right? <laughs> Three strikes, you're out. That's what she said, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, as, like, as a Hufflepuff, someone wrongs you. You're mad, right? You're the bad badger then. You're not taking any crap. You don't want to hear it. But then you start to soften a little. And then you think, well, is it really that bad? And then you're friends again. Or, you
2: know, you get married to him. (laughs) However, like, at the beginning of the movie, she was like, I am done. I am not taking any more of this. And then, like, after she, like, sees what Flubber is in that scene when they're flying over DC, she's just, like, kind of dumb. She is kind of dumb in that, in that part.
0: Yeah. And
2: it really
1: bothered me. Yeah, she was like, what did she call the monument? Something Marcello. weird. Marcello. Yeah, and then she called something else yeah. wrong. And then, like, she didn't know what the Pentagon was.
0: Patriarchy.
1: Yes, that part did bother me, too. Dumbing
0: down the woman. I hate whenever films do that. She doesn't have to be stupid.
2: Um, And, and Professor... like, she started out the movie, like, standing up for herself. Yeah. Yes. Professor Brainerd
1: mansplaining what the pentagon is, though. Oh, my God. It should have five sides. Well, thank you, sir. Oh, okay. Thanks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is like a pentagon. I I got it. (laughs) Yeah. Alrighty. So, I'm going to put Alonzo and Biff Hawk together here. So, Alonzo is the mean dad. Rich dude. Rich dude who wants to basically steal Flubber and make money off of it, and then also, like, bets a ton of money on that basketball game and loses it all, like an idiot. And then (laughs) Biff is his son, and Biff is played by Tommy Kirk. So, they're, like, they're kind of a good duo. It was interesting to see Tommy Kirk in this type of role, because I feel like in most other roles, he doesn't really play a very villainous character. It was weird to see him without little Kevin Corcoran at his heels. It it was, yeah. (laughs) He didn't have a little brother, and that was weird. But, um... They're just kind of conniving, and unfortunately, cunning. <laughs> and, I see where you're going with this, and pretty ambitious. <laughs> we can also just make them Dursleys. True,
2: I know. <gasps>
0: they would be. I know, but I feel like I just throw everybody who I don't want in my house, like in Durmstrang or as a mole or <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> some of them don't deserve to be in a house, and these two don't. Yeah, well, I think that Biff had. He had redeeming qualities. He and Biff was a... like never he was never gung ho with what his dad was doing. Right. He, he has always questioned it. So like I'll take Biff. Biff's a slytherin. Okay.
1: Cause he did steal the car. He did. But he, he felt ca- bad oh my about God, it. The
0: squirrel.
2: Oh, that, that was, was actually really funny. That was
0: actually really funny. That's something I would have come up with.
2: Yeah. Did you guys catch that his full name is Bifford? No. <laughs> his dad called him Bifford at one point. Bifford. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what a name! Oh, Oh, interesting. Um, so yeah, Alonzo, we can say, is just a Dursley. He got what he deserved. Okay, so next up is Professor Shelby Ashton. Uh, this is the quote, as I put in the doc, annoying dude who likes Betsy. Um, so, (laughs) he's the guy who's trying to steal Betsy out from under Professor Ned's feet. Not that he doesn't deserve (laughs) it, but... This guy is really just not, like, a nice person, though. Like, like, I understand that he doesn't like Ned, but...
1: First of all, he just assumes he can swoop in and then, like, Betsy will just love him instantly.
0: There's that, but then also, like, clearly Ned and Betsy have a relationship that has, like, lasted for a while. So, like, why would you think it's okay to just jump in right away and, like, say all these mean things about him and make fun of him and laugh at him? And, like, she's just gonna be okay with it.
2: And then like he also tries to like make her swoon with his poetry. Yes. Yep. And it's and he bad. Keeps the <laughs> There's a word. I wrote for... down in my notes that he's petulant. Yes. Yeah.
0: Also a goober. He's a goober.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's
0: a goofy goober. No, yeah.
1: he does not deserve goofy goober. He's just a goober. Okay.
0: But I just wanted to sing the song.
1: You don't appreciate SpongeBob. I
0: do. You don't get to sing that song. When we're done with Podmas... <laughs> And we have time to watch TV. I'm about to get really excited. We can watch Spongebob.
1: (gasps) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, so Meg has watched Sprinkles of Spongebob, but she doesn't like fully appreciate it because she doesn't know at all. So I'm super excited.
0: I enjoy Spongebob. But you don't know. I stood in line to meet Spongebob at Universal for you on our honeymoon. I love you very much. Yes, I love you too. So, Shelby Ashton. I'm kind of gonna go Gryffindor with him because he's a little bit. Heliana's face. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she clearly has opinions.
2: <laughs>
0: he's a little I bit. Just,
2: I'm, li- I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's a little over A little oh. Well, I guess I don't want to use the word ambitious because I don't want him in my house. You but... like two in your face. He's too in-your-face, yes, and he definitely does not really think things through before he does them, which I'm sorry, guys, that's a Gryffindor trait. They think, or they act before they think. They definitely don't think with their heads, they think with their hearts, and he's totally thinking with his heart, because he's all about Betsy, and he just wants her and doesn't care about anything else, and that is my humble opinion. Yep. Yep eliana you have the floor
2: ravenclaw Ravenclaw. because he reminds me of gilderoy lockhart
1: i thought that too oh yeah okay i can
2: see that i thought that too he reminds me a lot of gilderoy lockhart because he he bulldozes Mm -hmm. and that is a gryffindor trait but it can also be like i'm thinking i'm thinking i'm thinking this is what's happening which is a ravenclaw trait
1: I think he also wants to use his intelligence like in the wrong way. He uses he it. Use times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is what Guildwy Lockhart does. Mm-hmm. So he uses it in a like pompous "I'm going to win you over" way, which is that's not how you should be using it at all.
0: I can, I can, do I can that. see it. I'm on board. He's a Raven raverin
2: <laughs> A raverin or a Raven door. Yeah, you said Gryffindor. Oh,
0: yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> 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 He's a hat stall apparently. <laughs> Who knew? Um okay, so next up is the trio of the defense secretary general singer and air force captain. So these are the three that come to Professor Ned to see this invention that he has that he claims is amazing. They actually all show up and then they leave because of the shenanigans of Alonzo and Biff Hawk. Um and this one. <laughs> And, but then they come, they come around in the end and they're basically fighting over him about like, oh no, come to the air force. (laughs) No, come to the army. Um, No, come to the air force. Yeah. I don't think that we know really enough about them to place them in my opinion, but I think that they're important to talk about because they did play a role in getting his invention recognized. Which ended up being a good thing, even though they were kind of jerks whenever they were in town and they didn't even give him a chance to explain himself. They just left
1: like, oh, we're we're
0: better than this. We're leaving. Yeah, that sucked. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. and then lastly is Mrs. Chatsworth, who (laughs) is Professor Ned's housekeeper. Mm -hmm. She's hilarious. She's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. I love her. She, um, she really tries really hard to get him to remember about the wedding. The
1: notes.
0: I know. Everywhere.
1: (laughs) Every time she was talking to him, one in front of his face. One in front of his
0: face. I know. Still didn't work. It's not her fault. I was laughing
2: so hard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Except she did leave. And then she does tell him straight up that he basically deserved what he got. (laughs) Yes. Which is great. Yeah. She's like, well, you didn't show up. (laughs) For the third time, Mm I kind of want to, I kind of don't know where to put her. She makes me
1: think of, like, a Mrs. Fig. Yeah. So I don't, like, mean to, like, say, like, squib. (laughs) I just feel like that's just the character she makes me think of.
2: She's really sassy.
0: Yeah. She is sassy.
1: (laughs) She'll tell you like it is. Um, Maybe she's a Slytherin. She'll light a fire under your butt if you need it. You know? Get things done. Yeah, I like
0: Slytherin. Yeah, she's a Slytherin. I'll I like take it. it. I, I like, like it. her. Okay. Alrighty. Favorite characters and scenes. So my favorite character is Professor Ned. And I don't want to be boring about it, but he really is just really <laughs> cool. I like him a lot. He's funny. I, again, like I said, I was surprised by Fred McMurray's performance in this film. I was really worried that I wasn't going to like it. And that he did a really great job. Um, also, just, like, I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but, like, I usually really hate all old movies. (laughs) Like, anything that was made, like, before 85, I don't even try and watch it, because I'm just, like, oh, I see the opening credits, and I'm, like, I'm not gonna like it.
1: I'd like to tell everyone that- grown-up kids was meg's idea it to was. start in the beginning with <laughs> old movies and I know. come up to now
0: no it was but that was like kind of to force me to go out of my comfort zone because like i knew that i was like that and this movie definitely before doing this project would have been one that i wouldn't have even given a chance I'm proud and i thought that it was hilarious <laughs> so shout out to fred mcmurray he did great in this film And my favorite scene is whenever they're flying, when they're flying to Washington, because I love whenever they, I don't know why, I think it's just visually, I loved the scene where they were like stuck in the cloud, and then he like stands up to look and there's just like fog all around him. It just looks so good. I'm like, he literally looks like he's in a cloud. (laughs) They did
2: that really good. Uh, My favorite character is Mrs. Chatsworth. Um, because she just made me laugh every time she was on screen with all of those notes that she left. And there there was this one part where she was singing, like, the Weddings at 8 to the tune of Here Comes the Bride, and I was, like, tickled pink by that. I thought it was so (laughs) funny.
0: That part was cute. Um,
2: And my favorite Mm. scene is when he's flying his car and he keeps on bumping his car on top of (sighs) Professor Shelby's car. Yes, yes. And then he gets Professor Shelby arrested for drunk driving, which really is just, like, not a nice thing to do, but was really funny and and really um, good to watch. Like, it felt good. Like, this idiot guy is getting what he deserves. It was fun.
0: Yeah. That was was a good one. (laughs) I liked both of the scenes where he was bouncing on people's cars. (laughs) um i'll say my favorite is
1: professor ned and also betsy i like their relationship together um once they work it out like you can tell you don't get to see their relationship beforehand because he kind of screws it up before we get to see what they share but once they work out their kinks and they get together again you can see how perfect of a fit they are when like when they're um trying to hoodwink mr hawk and they're kind of, like, they have a plan, but they're kind of making up on the fly. So, Betsy comes up with, like, her own stuff that just sounds perfect. And you can see, like, Ned, like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Like, she's totally playing along with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I liked that a lot. Yeah. Plus, I liked seeing him get sidetracked, even though it led to some questionable decisions. But he's clearly a genius. Mm-hmm. And he loves what he does. So, yeah. that was cool to watch.
0: I really hope that Nancy Olsen comes back for Son of Flubber. Yeah, I don't know if she does.
2: She I, th- I think does. she does. I was looking it up. I think she does. I hope so. We shall see.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And favorite scene. Honestly, there were so many, like, laugh out loud moments for me in this film, which mm-hmm. instantly makes me love something.
0: Which is saying something, because we watched this movie super <clears throat> late last night. Yeah. The fact that we were, like, tired and still having, like, reactions laughing at it. Yeah.
1: Pretty good. <laughs> um, but one that sticks out. I mean, there was, like... A- There was a good handful, but one that sticks out is when they get to the, they're at the dance, and you see Betsy and Shelby dancing together, and then um, Professor Brainerd gets this idea to put Flubber on his shoes, and he'll impress Nancy, or not Nancy, that's her real name, impress Betsy and all that, and he's trying to find out where they are, so he's hopping up and down trying to look over the crowd. Oh my god, I don't know what it was, but that just made me laugh.
0: That part was funny. Least favorite. Um. Okay. Least favorite character is probably gonna have to be Alonzo. Um. He is just slimy. He's just slimy. <laughs> he's like, he's just the type of person that I try to avoid in life. <laughs> <laughs> put it like, simply. Like, I don't, I don't need people like that in my life. And he is just not a nice person. Not, not a fair human being. Not, um, just so very selfish um, just not a nice person. And then least favorite scene is probably, honestly, probably the beginning, because I was so disappointed in him for not showing up at that wedding. That made me so upset for Betsy. I was like, Like, how embarrassing. First of all, you gave him a third chance. Just saying, more than I would have done. (laughs) And (laughs) second, like, again, invited all these people, and then you have to be the one to say, like, they're all staring at you as you're trying to call him on the phone. Probably
1: thinking you're a fool,
2: sadly.
0: You yes. Know? Like, ridiculous. That made me really upset for her.
2: Agreed. Um, my least favorite character is actually Shelby. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he's just <laughs> a pompous idiot. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. rude, he's he's assumptive, he's uh, uh, chauvinistic and awful. And I don't like him at all. Um, I think it's very, like you were saying earlier, Megan, it's very rude to not, it's not just rude. It's wrong to a, like hit on a woman who obviously doesn't want you to hit on her and b like, do it when she's obviously like getting married to someone else that day. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's just not necessary. Um, And my least favorite scene was when they're flying over DC and all the mansplaining that had to happen because it was the 60s and a woman couldn't know what the Pentagon was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just makes me angry. Good choices. Just to
0: clarify, my favorite part of that scene was literally just the cloud. I didn't like the (laughs) mansplaining. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt the need to clarify that.
1: Besides besides that part the rest of it was cool when they're like oh
0: i think they're shooting at us they're like you know what i mean (laughs) do you want to know what it reminded me of the nightmare before christmas Mm -hmm. they're trying to hit us
1: (laughs) yeah yeah um least favorite you guys made me like not be able to pick between the two i don't like mr hawk because he's the stereotypical rich guy who just wants to make another buck um and we'll do any dirty means to get there he's
0: so selfish he
1: is and then shelby i liked the word that eliana used he's assumptive um he just like kind of just assumes that he deserves he deserves this he's gonna get what he wants and forget everybody else's feelings doesn't matter Mm -hmm. um so both of them garbage um least favorite scene they're garbage human beings garbage I've been saying that a lot. But it's I just know. a good way to describe someone you don't like. <laughs> They're trash. <They're> trash. <laughs> um, Lee's favorite scene, I have to say when he the professor's sitting in the car with the three people from the military, and he's so excited to show them. He's just so... He's got a whole crowd around him. like, what better could a professor hope for to show off this amazing discovery, and then it doesn't work. And then he finds out that someone is playing a prank on him, and he's just so disappointed and it was so sad because he really did create this amazing thing and he really should get all the credit for it and make history and instead he's got a squirrel in his trunk you know what i mean i
0: mean like that was pretty that (laughs) was funny but i felt really bad (laughs) yeah i agree um okay so what we took away from the film
2: Um, Can I just say that whenever you say that, I immediately go, what's the lesson? What is the takeaway? Don't mess with Meg when he's on a breakaway.
0: Uh, (laughs) Officially changing it. (laughs) You have to say that whole line now.
1: Don't Um, mess with Meg when she's on a breakaway.
0: (laughs) Uh, Definitely that you should always have faith in your friends and your family and those that you care about, like, like, always believe them. Because, like, not being believed by somebody is the worst feeling in the world. And you should never, you should never do that to somebody, because it's not cool. So, yeah. And science is cool, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, it's that, it's two things, really. One is that you, always have to be genuine in who you are and what you do because it's it's not going to be as fulfilling or as satisfying if you're not genuine and then the other thing is that like people will still think you're smart if you're organized mm-hmm. and like don't miss the important things in life because because they're only going to happen once
1: yep i'm gonna snowball off that and pull a harry potter quote it does not dwell on it
0: does not do, do well to
1: dwell on <laughs> dreams and forget, and forget to live. live. So while he does create something amazing, he almost ruined something that I'm gonna say is more amazing than an invention. Clearly, this is gonna help. It could help a lot of things, as he demonstrates with, like, say, there's a fire in the house, and you can jump out of a two-story window and be safe. Like that's that's amazing. Yeah. But there's more important things like love and the people you care about. So yeah. Just balance your life.
0: Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us, Aliana. Oh, I was, I was so excited. Thank you for having
1: me. She texted me maybe a week ago or so when she was doing her homework properly ahead of time and watching the movie. (laughs) And not
0: like us, like the night before. Right.
1: (laughs) Um, And she's like, oh my god, you're gonna love this movie. And that That really helped because I think I would have loved it anyway, but that really did help because I was a little nervous about it because, again, I felt the same with Fred McMurray as Meg did, and I wasn't sure, and, um, but then she said that to me, and then I found out it's, like, OG Flubber, and I was like, all right, this'll be good. I just,
0: I just need to say that I feel, like, I feel super Disney nerdy because I can be, like... I didn't think that I was going to expect to like Fred McMurray and (laughs) The (laughs) Absent-Minded Professor. Like, what is my life? I'm learning all these facts about these early Disney films. And like, let me tell you, I thought that I was all about Disney before starting this project. I know more Disney facts than my mom does now because she hasn't seen half the films that we've watched so far. Finally, we're getting into ones that she's liked. I was like, have you seen The Absent-Minded Professor? She's like yeah i did she's like jerry lewis is in that isn't he and i'm like nope fred mcmurray i can tell you that's who's in it it must feel pretty cool i do
1: it's also and i think i said there's another project er, project another episode it's a little lonely sometimes though because you go to talk to your friends know, about and nobody, it like knows these movies yeah and you're like oh my god this movie was so great back in 1950 whatever and they're like uh-huh <laughs> yeah
0: like i was it i was at work And I looked at the girl behind me who is, like, she's younger, but she's a little older than me. And I'm like, have you ever seen Pollyanna? And she's like, Pollyanna? (laughs) I'm like, it's, like, from the 60s. And she's like, oh, no. I'm like, you should. You should. That's so good. But then, thankfully, another lady at work was like, I've seen Pollyanna. I love that movie. And I'm like, oh, thank you, somebody. (laughs) Let's
2: talk about Haley Mills. It's been interesting, like, listening to these things, because, like, especially, like, it's kind of ending now, but my grandparents were growing up during the time that all of these movies were coming out. And so, like, like not only, like, asking them when I had the chance, but, like, thinking about, like, what my grandma must have thought when she saw Sleeping Beauty for the first time. Like, yeah. that's yeah, blowing. Yeah. When, like, that was...
1: I mean, it's still beautiful to this day, but, like, when that came out, it was, like, whoa.
0: I asked my mom if she saw Sleeping Beauty in theaters, and she said no. And what's,
1: I'm like, what? What's her
0: problem? You were, like... <laughs> I don't know. She was like 10 or something, I think. No, she was younger than that, actually. She was like 6, so I guess maybe that's why. But still. Blame your grandparents. Uh, Graham could have taken you to go see Sleeping Beauty. You had a little <laughs> sister. It would have been perfect. I don't know what they were thinking.
1: <laughs> yeah, according to my grandma, you could go to the movies for a quarter, get the full spread, and still have change left over. Yeah, true. Can't do that now. 20 bucks per person, yeah. pretty much. I know. Crazy.
2: And then you have to pay for popcorn. Right. Yeah, (laughs) Which
1: is like $7 for a small. No big deal. All right. Well, thank you again. Super appreciate it. I can't wait to have you on another episode. You brought a lot to this, so thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. All right. So, grown-up kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. So, make sure you hit that little subscribe button, especially now during Podmas, so you can get all our extra episodes. And so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available.
0: You can also find us on social media. On Facebook, we're at Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast, and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Grown Up grownupkidspod. And look out for a revamp of our Patreon starting in January. Lastly, you can head on over to our Facebook discussion group where I've posted a document with our whole list of movies that we're going to be watching along with all the availability to be on the show with us. So make sure that you check out that list and then comment below on it or email us or message us with what movies you're interested in being on and I will put you on the list. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Podmas and make sure to watch doot 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 the parrot trap ahead of tomorrow's Podmas episode. You're weird, <laughs> <laughs> but I love ya. Another Hayley you. Another Haley Mills. Like let
2: get together thing. I know that's what
0: I thought she was going with, and then she went doot no. doot doot doo. <laughs> That's the beginning title credits. That pale oh, yeah. trap. Oh, excuse me. <sighs> I didn't just make it up, guys. Come on. I was still impressed. Oh, okay. I love that
2: movie. I'm so excited. Double <laughs> the trouble. Haley Mills
0: and Haley Mills. Yes. <laughs> Double build.
1: And don't forget, adults are only kids, grown-up anyway.
0: All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.